and welcome to Same Minds. I'm Natya. And I'm Ellie. And this is about our 13th time doing this introduction because I kept messing it up. <laughs> Anyhow, here we are. This is an episode that we are filming together, so we're actually in person. I can poke Ellie. I won't because I don't poke people, except for my brother. I poke him a lot. I'm sure he appreciates that. He pokes me too, so it's fair game. <laughs> All right. uh, to paint a picture to our listeners, we are outside in Ellie's backyard. It is really cold, and we are like under duvets, sitting on pillows. It's quite lovely. My question right. for this week mm-hmm. is, what is consciousness? Um... As opposed to subconsciousness? No. As oh. opposed to not being conscious. How do we define consciousness? Where is the line? Are plants conscious? Uh, being aware? How do we become aware? <laughs> um, we have a brain. But right. other things... No, but like even our brain. Our brain is just some like fatty substance in our head that sends electrical chemicals. How does that become an experience? Like I feel things. <laughs> I have no idea. Are we defining, like, conscious as the same thing as sentient? Like, aware and able to interact? I assume so. Like, I don't know. However you want to define it. So, like... One question. A plant wouldn't be conscious. Plants talk to each other. What? Yeah. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Hello, garden. (laughs) No, but, like, you know... nice to meet you. (laughs) <laughs> no, but, like, they talk to each other through chemicals. So, you know when you mow the grass and you get that, like, grass mowing smell? Yeah. That's the uh, the grass giving out chemicals to warn other grass that, like, there's danger and stuff. But what's the grass going to do once they're warned? I don't. <laughs> they would just be like, ah! I don't know. To if the you, rest of their life. I don't know. Like, if you prune trees or if trees get damaged, they'll start growing other directions and bushes and stuff. But also... Um, through their roots, if there's large networks of trees, and especially in forests, they'll trade chemicals and stuff. So I'll, I'll give you some of my sugar and you take some of my water and who needs what, which is actually why some saplings have a better like chance of survival in forests where they're oh. close to their mother tree because the mother trees will know that it's their child and they'll like try and make sure their roots don't grow too close to them and they'll send them food and stuff. So that's why they have better survival rates. Well, I've got some bad news for you vegan vegetarian folks. They're also aware. (laughs) Well, it depends how you're describing conscious. I have other issues with, like, being vegan and vegetarian because it's kind of toted as this, like, ethical, ethically superior option. Mm -hmm. But, like, a lot of the substitutes for stuff, like quinoa and other stuff, yeah. Soybean, oh, tofu. Quinoa. Anyway, <laughs> A lot of it is just farmed by underpaid workers who are exploited. So you can sell it as this great ethical option, but you run into a lot of the same ethical problems. Sure, you're not eating an animal, which may or may not have it arise with issues with you, but, mm-hmm. like, there's someone being exploited to get you the food. Like, technically, I think the most ethical option for food is just you eat what's close to you okay yeah I think I know there are a lot of well I don't know if they're accurate or not but I know a lot of people have problems with the way that we kill animals to eat Mm -hmm. so but if we do that well and responsibly and they're not in pain is it more ethical to do that than to make a human suffer for your vegetables yeah I don't know Uh, anyhow back to consciousness what (laughs) is it I would like to say, looking into it, there's a beautiful word called qualia. I think I'm pronouncing that right. 
which it means it's the feeling of something. It's how you experience things. Mm-hmm. So taste or color or love would be the qualia. Huh. Odd, right? Yeah. I can ask Siri. Hey, Siri, what is the definition of consciousness? Response to one's surroundings. Do you want to hear the remaining one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a person's awareness or perception of something. So it's a person's awareness. Can, can we read the other definitions? Yeah. Hey, Siri, can you read the other definitions? That's everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Siri. Technology. Thank you, Siri. You're, you are very helpful. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> but, like, I don't know, especially with computers, it brings up some interesting questions because computers are or could potentially eventually be our brains, where it's electrical signals with an on and off switch, which is all our brains really are. Yeah. But computers don't perceive anything. So how does what we have, how have we come to perceive things? How have we made, like, this flash of chemicals in my fat, in my head, means I feel and understand the color green, and I can taste an orange? I think it must have something to do with how our brain connects with the rest of us like because it is controlled by the brain but without the nerve endings and everything else you can't experience things the same way which is but i mean if we had robot brains and human bodies i think we'd still be conscious would we (laughs) like when you taste something you don't get like a rundown of the chemical elements like you're the terminator it's not like uh, you just see it like running past your eyeballs you like understand the experience and if you tasted something else you'd be able to like say oh this is more sour than that but it's wild that like it's just electric it's like an on and off switch that becomes this crazy thing and i was watching a video on consciousness and it uh, it said like colors and experiences are just the veils we throw over this reality so that we can understand it because like (laughs) everything is just light and we can only just see some parts of light and everything is just chemicals and this is just the way we experience all these (laughs) random atoms and everything so our perception of everything is just a veil our brain throws over the universe to help us understand it which is like a crazy definition of things i don't like (laughs) it's too much for me friday (laughs) it is friday That hurts my brain. I mean, I already have a headache, but that hurts my brain more. Oh, yeah, this is not the question to answer with a headache. <laughs> oh, it's like the Schrodinger's cat. Anyway, we're not bringing that up in a third podcast. So we're going to move on. Speaking so, of cats, speaking of cats, oh. Larry. Larry is the chief mouser in the cabinet office in the UK. They have an official cat? They do. That's so cute. Yeah, it's adorable. Barack Obama met the head cat. There's a picture of him petting it. It's great. Wait, so if you get like a, they have prime, they have a prime minister in the UK. Yes. So if they get a prime, yeah, it's the Boris. Yeah. But (laughs) if the prime minister has an allergy to cats. Which one do they get rid of? <laughs> like, has the cat made itself so important the in Parliament? The cat <laughs> was a job before the Prime Minister got elected. You can't... The Prime Minister can't come in and say, this person doesn't have a job anymore. So the Prime Minister can't come in and say, that animal doesn't have a job anymore. So I think they just separate the cat and Prime Minister. 
Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, what if it's just a requirement for a, for a party leader to not be ordered to gas? Imagine if it was something like that, where it's like, yeah, you can be the president of the United States. You know, born in America, you have to be this age. You can't be allergic to peanuts. If you're allergic to peanuts, you're weak. You can't be the president of the United States. It's like well, this feels like it's oddly specific, but okay. Okay. Uh, speaking of places with prime ministers, which is a really weak crossover but it's we're gonna fine. talk about canada for a minute so you know you know how we're like known for saying sorry all the time canada yes yeah you know sorry about that mm-hmm. we're polite well i think i don't know if we're actually polite i think we're just more polite than america <laughs> like everything was good in comparison but also that instead of excuse me canadians say sorry that's true um but like one study showed that if someone bumps into a canadian like, 90% of Canadians say sorry to them. Hmm. What do Americans say? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. My bet is Americans <laughs> say, excuse me. <laughs> but anyway, we say sorry so often, we had to enact a thing called the Apology Act. We did not. Which There's no way says, this is true. Which says that in court, someone apologizing does not mean that they are guilty <laughs> it basically says um it typically provides uh, that an apology does not constitute an admission of fault or liability and must not be taken into consideration <laughs> in den- determining fault or liability Dude. this is everywhere in canada except quebec and the yukon are they just rude in quebec and the yukon <laughs> <laughs> It's weird that that's only like Quebec and Yukon don't have a lot in common. Yeah, they're not close together. I don't think they're similar culturally. I guess they're just rude there. But we say so. I'm not. I'm not shading those provinces. Yeah, just a heads up. Love y'all. But like, (laughs) how many people went to jail before this act because they just (laughs) apologized? How many people were falsely convicted that they had to go like, guys, this isn't okay. But, like, what is this? It's, like, I'm sorry that, like, I don't even see how that could be taken as, because it wouldn't be, like, like, someone goes, I'm sorry I killed your brother. That's a confession. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know why. It's considered. That's weird. And I guess if you're saying sorry, you're like, oh, I'm guilty. Like, because you usually say sorry oh. when you're guilty for something. But we just say sor- sorry is like, I'm sorry something bad happened to you. It doesn't mean I caused it. Yeah, like I'd accidentally talk at a turn and the judge would be like, it's not your turn. I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And they'd be like, you're going to jail. <laughs> I don't think that's why it was inactive, but all right. Dude, that's terrifying. It's just like, you just say something stupid and they're like, clearly you're guilty. You're like, no, I'm not guilty. I'm just dumb. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I just don't understand how it works. I'm sorry. No, don't say that. <laughs> Guys, I would be in jail so fast. <laughs> too polite. Yeah, I'm too nice. Have you seen there's a picture of protesters, I think in Quebec, where it's like a line of police and protesters are holding sticks with like rope tied to donuts and they're like dangling them in front of the police? Seriously? It's such a good photo. <laughs> What are they protesting? I don't know. I've just seen the photo of... It's like... It's just captioned, like, protesters luring police. And it's so good. And I really hope that one of the police took the donut. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Completely unrelated, but I wanted to talk about eyeballs. Oh. From the video with all the hands. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Basically, eyeballs are 
weird. I mean, like, everything's weird, but, like, eyeballs especially so. Because you can rotate your eyeballs, which, like, doesn't sound like that revolutionary. Like, no, duh, I'm moving my eyes. I can rotate my Mm -hmm. eyeballs. But, like, if you think you can move your eyes, like, up, down, left, right, and some combination of that, you can also rotate them clockwise and counterclockwise. Like, around or, like, all the way through your head? Not all the way through your head, but, like, you can, like, if your eye was a clock... You can rotate it like it's a clock that way. Yeah. Which, like, is really creepy to think about, uh, except you don't have control over it. So it's essentially, like, motion stabilization. So when you bop your head, like, left to right, that's why your vision, like, your entire vision doesn't tilt because your eyeballs rotate. Ah! Which is wild, right? (laughs) And you can't usually see it, but if you, if someone had, like, really like popped blood vessels in their mm-hmm. eyes and you zoomed right in and then they did that you would see that their eyes are rotating which is crazy that's like no. you don't think about it but <laughs> you can rotate your eyes clockwise and counterclockwise that's really weird <laughs> i'm tilting my head back and forth because repeatedly this, this is, this it's is quite not en- a visual <laughs> it's quite entertaining to watch um also your eyes do this movement. They're called saccade. They're like the very basic eye movement. Um, it's basically like if you look at one thing and then you go to look at the other thing, it's like a, that rapid eye movement where you're looking from one thing to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, you're blind when you're moving your eyes there. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, because <laughs> if you were able to see, then you just see like this crazy nauseating blur. So your brain shuts down information from your eyes when you're moving them from one place to the other. Is that why you can't, like, move them in a steady line? No, that's that something else, but oh. I didn't want to talk about it because, to be honest, that was just way too much weird eye information. <laughs> that's not it. Because not only are you blind, but your brain is also hiding this information from you, and it's patching the vision you see. So your perception of time is slightly skewed as you look from one thing to the next. Because your brain is patching in the, like, tenth of a second where you're completely blind <laughs> and just pretending like that you could see the entire time. like it. <laughs> and, like, one way you can experience it is if you, like, look in a mirror and you look at, like, your left eye mm-hmm. and then look at your right eye and then look at your left eye, you'll never see your eyes move. But you'll be looking at the next eye. That's because when your eye's moving, you don't <laughs> see. <laughs> move you can take like your phone camera and do the same thing (laughs) looking between left and right eye because there's a slight delay in your phone camera so that you can see when it shows your eyes moving so you'll be able to see your eyes moving because the there's a slight delay between the time the phone records it and it shows it okay why (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even done and this is just the case you see why i stopped like, this is wild. Um, saccades, the movement of saccades, it's described as ballistic. What? <laughs> Which means that instead of moving like a guided missile, your eyes move like a bullet when they're saccading. <laughs> oh. basically means... <laughs> Which basically means that once your eyeball has started to move from one place to the next, you can't stop it until you get there. Uh, so your brain can't plot a new trajectory for your eyeballs until you look from, until yeah. you reach your point two. 
after you reach your point two, you can look wherever. But again, it's all a tenth of a second, so we don't really notice it. But like, our perception of time is skewed. Our eyeballs lock up. Like, it's wild. <laughs> so like, if I was looking from a post on my deck to the fence that encircles my backyard, I'm trying to give as much context as possible. I couldn't stop to look at like the garden. No, in yeah. Halfway through your movement between, like, the post to the fence, you couldn't suddenly look up. You have to move your eyeballs all the way from the post to the deck, because that's what your eyes have already planned to do. So they have to arrive there before your brain can program in that you're going up. It's like railway lines, sort of. No? Never mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you can change railway lines. Ignore me. <laughs> that was a bad analogy. <laughs> you guys can just ignore me. Completely unrelated. <laughs> yeah, we're but good I, at this transition thing. I was reading that um, blog you were talking, or the Tumblr blog you were talking about, the Setup oh, Wizard. Oh, yes. Um, and there was this one debate between the, the two people who write the blog. Yes. And it was asking, could a lightsaber deflect spells? Did you see this one? Yeah. Could they? No. Yeah. No. For sure. No, a lightsaber could not deflect spells. Yeah, it could. It was no. like, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yes. No. Yes. You know the whole thing where Superman gets hurt by magic? What? Okay, well. <laughs> well that's not going to help you. <laughs> Basically, Superman's invulnerable, except he's vulnerable to magical items, because magic is, like, a separate thing from superhero or like, magic is a separate thing from science. So, because Star Wars is sci-fi, so the lightsaber is sci-fi because it's this, like, gem that the light becomes solid and it's, like, plasma so it can break through anything. But magic is in a completely different reign that breaks the laws of science. So, therefore, a lightsaber could not deflect but, a magical spell. But spells can't go through walls to hit someone on the other side. Sure they can. No, they can't. They haven't yet. They hit yet. the wall. They haven't yet. But based on the evidence we have, the lightsaber could deflect the spell. But like, because it's a solid object, but like, it would by hit that it logic, then I don't think it would bounce it off, but I think it would. I think it would stop it from hitting the person. But like, if a spell goes and collapses a wall, then the spell's just gonna go through the lightsaber and hit you. No, it would break. It would break the lightsaber and still break you because you know how thin a lightsaber is? It's not deflecting anything. Well, I think it could. Well, you think wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, let us know if you want. You can email us. No one does, but no you one could. Does, but you can. <laughs> you could be the first one, the difference. Whatever. Be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> I don't know if you really want to give us more stuff to talk about so this will continue. I don't I don't know. Maybe we have Your some Your brain is hiding the fact that you are blind. <laughs> Maybe some listeners just listen to us out of spite. They're like, ha! I hate these people. Them. I'll listen to their podcast and I'll mock them where they can't hear me. I mean, good for them. Honestly, go <laughs> off as you should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as they're not like attacking us over email. You can hate us. I don't really care. It's not like anyone emails us anyways. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. For my, um, what's your take? That's what it's called. Yes. What is your take on respect? Because I feel like it's different for different people. On respect? I Okay, I'm just regurgitating information I've seen. Okay. But I saw a post where it said, respect can mean two things. It can mean you need to treat me like a person. Or oh. you need to treat me like authority. Oh, yeah, and it means... And it's him. not fair to say, you're not treating me like authority, so I won't treat you like a person. And I think it's a great take on respect, mm. honestly. 
that respect is intersectional. That's the word. Okay, yeah. It's intersectional. So it's it's like degrees of respect. It's saying, I think that every human being deserves the same respect or saying, I think that the president of the United States deserves greater respect, which this one... Maybe uh, not the current one, but yeah. You know. <laughs> okay, so then what makes you feel respected personally? When my boundaries are listened to. Okay. That's it. That's the only <laughs> thing. As long as people are listening to my boundaries... So they don't have to treat you like an authority figure. No. They well, just have to... To be fair, I very rarely am an authority <laughs> figure, so... <laughs> they just have to respect you enough as a person to listen to what you have to say. Well, I feel like if... Even if you're not an authority figure, if your boundaries are being listened to, then you can, to some degree, command a room. Like, sure. certainly, if the te- Like, I don't know, like, listening to people when they talk is respect in the same mm. way that students all listen to the teacher when they talk, right? Like, the teacher's the authority figure in that case, but... It's the same basic level of respect. Yeah, but one over the other, we would still respect the teacher more than a student because they're an authority figure. This is a question. This yeah, I mean, like, you definitely respect the teacher's power, right? Yeah. Like, it's that I can get in trouble from this person, but I don't think that the teacher is more of a person than a student, right? It's yeah. just that they, in the situation of a classroom, they have more power, they have more authority, right? So it would be like the difference between a student telling you to go to the principal's office versus a teacher. Like you, yeah, you still respect the student, but yeah, you're not but just going to listen to I them. Don't, yeah, I yeah. don't have to go to the principal's office if they tell me, mm-hmm. but they can tell me, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was a pretty That's... short. That was a pretty short. What's your take? But... <laughs> Do you have a more more? What's your take to add? I feel like there's like that's what there is for respect, mm-hmm. right? I was thinking more individually because I think that if people looked at how my family interacts, they would think that I'm not being respectful to my parents. Mm. But because of our family dynamic, we make fun of each other. Like this is how we interact, and I don't think my parents think I'm disrespectful towards them because I still respect the things that they find important. Yeah, which is like what you're saying. It's all about boundaries. Mm-hmm. It's like if I think that you, I can't even come up with something. <laughs> like I don't like my first name, and mm-hmm. I ask people to use my middle name. It's a sign of respect that you use my middle name because I've put mm-hmm. that boundary in place that this is my name now. I want to be called by my middle name. So it's about listening to people's boundaries and like, I'm going to say respecting their opinion, but you can't use the word in the definition. <laughs> Here's a topical topic. I'll be honest, picking a topical topic, I was like, all this news is depressing. But you know what? Maybe all this news is depressing, okay? Maybe... That's just what's happening. That doesn't mean that your life can't be great right now, but maybe the general consensus of news is that by being depressing, we get more listeners, we get more people paying attention, so all our news is going to be depressing. There's something to say about algorithms choosing how we form things. Anyhow, that's not what I'm here to talk about. I saw this article, Kim Jong-un, who for some reason I thought he died. It was really sick, I think. Okay, it was just a meme or something then. Maybe, I don't know. I thought he died. I wasn't really, to be fair... I don't pay close attention to Kim Jong-un's life. I'm sorry, Kim Jong-un, if that upsets you, but I don't. Breaking news, he is alive. (laughs) Got it. Okay. Uh, But he issued an apology to his country for his failure to cope with the coronavirus. Okay, so I'm just going to read like the brief overview of the article and then I'll give some thought. So he spoke at a military parade in a city that I can't name to mark the 75th anniversary of the ruling Workers' Party. He said he sympathized with the North Korean people. He removed his glasses. He wiped away tears. 
He said, our people have placed trust as high as the sky and as deep as the sea in me, but I have failed to always live up to it satisfactorily, he said, according to the translation of his comments in the Korea Time. Analysts suggest Kim is feeling pressures on his leadership. North Korea has seen trade with China by far its biggest economic partner fall dramatically due to the closure of borders. It's crazy that Kim Jong-un, a known <laughs> dictator, has apologized for his failure to work with the co coronavirus when the president of the United States... <laughs> States has done nothing with documented cases and you know what the third peak going on oh they're God. on the third wave which is wild but <laughs> no the president's doing fine but Kim Jong-un really messed up his COVID case like he's a no addicted it's yeah. wild it's crazy that him like because there are a lot of things I in my personal opinion wrong with how that country leads there's life. a lot of things to talk about there. yeah but because of time I'm gonna glance over it but it's crazy that <laughs> due to all that, he's still like, hey, this, I did this wrong. This country has high expectations on the rulers. I, can't, I have not always lived up to this. I apologize for my inadequacies oh. to react and save human lives. That's crazy. And meanwhile, the president of the, New the United States is like, I never downplayed the virus when we have like audio evidence of him downplaying the virus. And he's like... <sighs> Yeah, I, we did a great job. Too. Honestly, under a hundred thousand people dead is great, <laughs> dude. Aren't they on two hundred thousand cases? Oh now? no, they're well above Death? that. Or cases? No, Trump had. I think he said at some point that staying under a hundred thousand would be a great success for this nation, or something like that. Which is like, dude. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. <sighs> and he just got COVID, right? And is recovered now. Dude, the way time passes, mm -hmm. that feels like it was ages ago. Yeah, he got COVID, he was in an emergency care, and he's supposedly recovered now. He's, like, back campaigning. And they're making him out as, like, a brave warrior for battling COVID. I'm like, but meanwhile, you're, like, People taking, have yeah, died. People are dying, and you're not doing anything to Dude, help. if there was ever a moment to say, hey, I messed up, <laughs> this is a serious threat, we should all be taking it seriously, people have died, I could have died, I'm rethinking my entire policy regarding this situation and I'm reevaluating everything I've done in the past and I'm going to be better. That was the moment. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, uh, I was ignorant about this, but having experienced it, it's an actual issue. Like, he still would have messed up to that point. But at least at that point, he would have been like, yeah, this is actually a problem. Yeah, and there's something to say about someone's character when they can show personal growth and recognize past mistakes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a weakness it's definitely a strength because yeah. if you're going to be stuck as the same person forever you're still just going to be a two-year-old right forever mm. it's going to be i'm always right give me my toy i want my cookie right oh, that sounds really familiar <laughs> <laughs> i have a question for you absolutely that i thought we could talk about Great. it has nothing Start to do with and end with, with a question. question perfect okay do you think that if we hadn't grown up together, we would, if we had met this year, say, we would be friends. Yeah. Yeah? Well, to be fair, we didn't grow up, to, like, with each other. Like, yeah. we saw each other enough, I guess, but a month, once every two years, is barely a friendship. I get, yeah. 
And like, I would come back and you'd be like, I told all my friends about you. And I'd be like, I've seen you a month every two years. Like, to yeah. be fair, you don't really know me. So you like, you can tell stories of experiences we've had mm-hmm. together, but you can't be like, seven-year-old Mattia was exactly like this. True. Yeah, I guess you're right there. Like, we didn't have a long shared experience as children, but we still had that base for the friendship we have now, where I think I know you pretty well unless yeah. you're hiding yeah. really <laughs> yeah but um I mean have you ever had the, an experience with a friend where you'll like do something and they'll be like oh classic you and you'll be like it's something that I that's not me yeah. but okay it, I think it's interesting because I have another friend who will be like oh she's you know very intimidating or like more emo and she'll be like it's like not my personality we'll be like mm-hmm. you come off that way so like it's really interesting to see how people perceive you versus how you perceive yourself yeah i've been told that some of my friends were scared of me when they first met me <laughs> well like right when i moved back to canada in grade six but honestly i was just so scared so i think mm-hmm. i was my scared face is just straight up blank stare ahead like mm-hmm. no emotion so i guess that came off as scary but i was just i didn't want to <laughs> talk to anyone because i was like yeah. these people are scary and it's funny because I've never, like, I can see how other people would find you intimidating, but I've never been intimidated by you because... She's back! <laughs> yeah, she's My back! from abroad! <laughs> and, like, videos of me playing the piano. <laughs> or no, you playing the piano and me spinning in a circle. Yes, not a real piano. One of the dinky, brightly <laughs> colored pianos. children's pianos. <laughs> one of those with off-key singing. It's great. It's a good video. <laughs> it, it is excellent. But because even when you weren't there, and even though I can't remember that, I still grew up seeing those videos and those pictures. Yeah. And so I never found you intimidating to me. This is true. I think really we would have been friends regardless if we, like, even if we just met now. Mm-hmm. Because I remember I'd come home from abroad and I'd be <laughs> like, oh, hey, I read these three really cool books. And you'd be like, I read these exact <laughs> same books. And we were both nerds and interested mm-hmm. in a lot of the same things. So I think even though maybe we hadn't been raised basically yeah. with each other, I think that our parents have enough similarities mm-hmm. and our childhoods had enough enough similarities that we would have been like dude I get you yeah (laughs) yeah I think pretty similar I think you might find me more annoying if you you didn't have to go uh I am not intimidating I have never never been told by anyone that I'm intimidating in all my five five blonde cinnamon roll glory (laughs) (laughs) I think it's harder to be intimidating when you're blonde because a lot of my friends that I know that are intimidating are either Asian or like dark haired Mm mm-hmm And I think there's something to blank stare, dark hair, dark eyes, like furrowed eyebrows. Like, you don't know. That's like, oh, you don't mess with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I dyed my hair black, I would just be a vampire. Dude, you're so pale. (laughs) (laughs) I would be Snow White. I would just need red lipstick, and I'd be real life Snow White. I have one out of three. You're basically a vampire if you dye your hair black. Yeah. Part it in the middle, straighten it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm offended by that comment. (laughs) I have straight hair, like dark hair that's part in the middle, just FYI. Ouch. Okay, well, now that I've been insulted, I guess we should wrap up the podcast. For listeners who haven't met me, I am so pale and blonde that my parents used to call me Draco Malfoy yeah. as a nickname when I was an infant. So just just to put it, I'm allergic to the sun. I'm so white. Anyway. Literally allergic to the sun. She's not saying that to be funny. She's actually allergic to the sun. She gets rashes. It's wild. Okay, uh, if you are a vampire, please email us. We would love to talk to you. You and Ellie can compare notes and see how similar your lives have been. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We will see you two weeks from now. Bye. Peace.